fundraisers, I'm Don Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations. And we're going to chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, Race Nation Radio, let's get going. I'm super excited to introduce my next guest. Um, We're just going to talk about innovation, the future of fundraising, and why. Um, Those things might not sound like they go together, but trust me, they do. Please welcome to Raise Nation Radio, the CEO and co-founder of DonorDoc, Matt Bitsagai. Matt, please tell me I didn't butcher your last name. You got it perfectly. Matt, welcome to Raise Nation Radio. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the radio today. Yeah, I know you just got back from like a whirlwind conference tour travel. So how are you feeling? A little Uh, energized (laughs) and inspired or like I need a nap? (laughs) Yeah, it's been a good week. We were down in Denver for NTC and then in New Orleans for AFP Icon. Great events. Um, Very happy to be home, though, and looking forward to kind of getting back to a a week of normal work here. I said I feel like it's Friday already because I feel like I've gone nonstop for the last seven days, but it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, well, conferences will do that to you. And I'm sure a lot of our audience uh, can relate because they probably were there shaking hands with you. But, you know, we'd love to open with just getting to know you a little bit better. Um, Just so you're just such a voice and a presence in the nonprofit space and what you're doing for um, nonprofit organizations is amazing. We're going to get to all of that, but we want to know you first. So do you mind giving us the larger introduction instead of me just trying to phonetically say your name? Let us know what you what do you want to share personally and what you do at DonorDoc and uh, just who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you said, I'm co-founder and CEO of DonorDoc. Um, been working on the DonorDoc project. We started it back in 2017. Um, and prior to that, I had spent a lot of years in the CRM space, uh, working with more of the enterprise type CRMs and uh, you know, working with a lot of both for-profit and nonprofit customers. I taught CRM courses at a couple of major universities for several years. Um, and I've always just really loved that kind of CRM, uh, you know, relationship management and the idea that that's more than just software. It's really a business strategy that organizations need to take. And, you know, having gotten to work with a lot of um, nonprofits in that space, I, you know, just really had found a passion for that. And so uh, started DonorDoc in 2017 with the goal of serving really smaller and grassroots type nonprofits with technology that works for them and that they can afford and that's simple enough for them to use and um, love doing what we're doing. On a personal note, I live in West Fargo, North Dakota. So I am in the frozen tundra uh, of North Dakota. We are getting spring finally. Um, I live here. My I have three children. Uh, well, they're they're getting older now. I guess one's in college, one is in high school, and one's in middle school. And and then my wife Bridget um, is also a team member for us at DonorDoc as our training manager. So 
Love what family we're doing. affair. <laughs> yeah, it has turned into it. We feel like days, there are days where we feel like it's our fourth child uh, <laughs> and sure. in a good way. Um, but yes, we, uh, we really are enjoying what we're doing and, and, you know, being able to find it really compelling, being able to uh, be a part of helping so many awesome charities around the country as we've continued to grow. So it's been great. Well, I, I love hearing that because we we have the same dialogue here at One Cause, um, which is why I think our companies are are so aligned. And I think we have some integration to talk about, but we'll save that for a, a little bit later. I want to give a shout out to your three children. Um, you want to give us their names and give a big shout out? Yeah. So Caitlin is our daughter. She's our oldest and she is a freshman at North Dakota State University. Uh, music scholarship. So she got a full ride music scholarship. <gasps> so we're very, very proud of her for that. Um, our son Brady is 15. He's a freshman in high school, basketball player, had a great basketball season this year. And then our youngest son, Andrew, is a sixth grader and he is into more of computers, technology, 3D Ooh. printing, all those things. So hopefully maybe we'll groom him to take over and be a part of donor doc at some point down the road as well. So there you go. Well, I'm glad we gave that shout out. All right. So I'm going to take you back. I'm going to ask you some hard questions. I hope you don't mind, no, it's but good. let's talk about the vision of donor doc. I think it's fair to say, if you don't mind that certainly you weren't the first CRM solution out there, right? You, you There's a lot to choose from for, for nonprofits, but nonetheless, you kind of had some visions, some inspiration, um, some things that you just wanted to do differently and some um, opportunities to give the nonprofit community just different choices, better choices, more engaging with their donors and um, giving just more opportunities to change the giving landscape. And you had thoughts there. And so you took a risk, right? You took some risk to enter into a market that's pretty full, but yet you felt compelled to do that. Can we talk about your why? Why would you do that? And just tell us that story. Yeah, absolutely. So it really started for me back um, in when I was working in that more enterprise nonprofit space. And I was president of a Microsoft Gold partner based out of Fargo here. So we were in the Microsoft channel, the Microsoft ecosystem. And, you know, we had built a nonprofit add-on for Microsoft's uh, CRM product, which, you know, for certain environments is a great tool. It's very akin to a Salesforce, that type of thing. Um, but we kept trying to push that down market. I, I love, personally love working with the smaller nonprofits. I feel that they're largely ignored when it comes to the technology that's in the marketplace in terms of, you know, I think you've got a lot of solutions out there that are really thought through and designed for the larger organizations. And then they sell to the smaller organizations, um, but, but, they're not really designed for that. And so yeah. they oftentimes the complexity, the, um, you know, the training requirements, the implementation times and the costs, all of those things become barriers for these smaller organizations to be able to get value and take advantage of those tools to use them to build better donor relationships and ultimately raise more money for their organization. And so saw that firsthand over and over again, we would try and get these solutions in that we were working on. And it just, didn't resonate. It just didn't work. And so I started looking at what else is out there, you know, in the nonprofit space designed specifically for, um, for charities and for nonprofits in the CRM space. And I felt that there was 
A lot of tools, as you said, we were not the first CRM, of course, there's been some that have been around for a long time. There's also, you know, donor management tools that um, maybe don't have all the CRM components and capabilities that, um, you know, that I think of when I think of CRM activity tracking and really understanding those touch points and those, you know, how you're building that relationship. But we looked at the what was out there and just really felt like there was a space there for um, someone to create something that was designed specifically for those smaller organizations worked in a way that they worked uh, in a way, you know, and, and something that was easy enough for them to understand, adopt. And I'm not suggesting that they're, they're not intelligent, wouldn't have the capability of, un, of working with these larger CRMs, but more so just they're often wearing a lot of hats, their resource constraint, their time constraints, you know, all these things that play into, um, being able to adopt something like that. And so for us, it was really about the idea of democratizing technology for these smaller nonprofits and making something that was available that they could afford, um, that um, provided what they needed, and then supporting them at the highest level that we could. And that was really kind of our, uh, our why of getting into it is we think we can do that. And we think we can do it really well based on, you know, just background and experience and what we had seen work and not work. And so um, we can, we started DonorDoc, my co-founder, Andrew and I, um, I left my full-time job in 2017 and wow. um, started consulting to try and pay the bills to keep the family fed and, you know, you know, maintain, you know, what we uh, had as a lifestyle and so forth. And that was challenging. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Andrew was able to stay on, um, you know, at his full-time job a bit longer, but we started writing code nights and weekends and um, we kind of got through to like April of 2018. And I went to a innovation challenge here in Fargo for through the North Dakota State Department of Commerce and learned a lot and uh, actually won kind of a little uh, best pitch uh, contest during that. Um, and we got done with that. I got done with that event. And I said, Andrew, we have to just pick a date that we're going to have this thing live. And if we don't, we're just going to keep working on it and working on it and working on it. And you know, let's not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Let's get something out and start getting feedback. So, you know, we had worked with 10 local nonprofits through a prototyping phase, um, got a lot of good feedback, but we just said, we're going to, we're going to launch this thing on June 1st of 2018. And uh, so we realized then that, oh man, we have to get a website done. You know, we have to get, we have to be able to accept money for this. Like we, you know, there was just a lot of things that, you know, as it got really real, we were trying to kind of figure out and, um, but we pushed through, you know, he was still working. I was still doing all the consulting. We, we worked hard at it and we launched the product officially on June 1st of 2018. Uh, we had 17 exactly, days early. Yeah. We had exactly <laughs> one paying customer uh, in the first month that we were live at who is still a customer today. Um, oh. And they're a great, they're a great um, story about how this fits, you know, they, they were on that solution that we had built when I was at the Microsoft partner. So I'd had a previous relationship with them. And when we went in with DonorDoc, they, they had a, a user manual, you know, I'm holding up my hands that was about six inches thick that when a new employee started, that was the manual for how to use the donor CRM and the donor management tool. And I think we got in there and, and we, we rolled DonorDoc out. It was a good, uh, a good fit for them. 
and it went down to about two pages when they, you know, for them, when they hired somebody new, it's, um, and so that was, that was the first indicator to us. Like, we think we have something here that's working really well. We added four customers the second month. So 400% growth <laughs> between the first and the second month. <laughs> Those are good um, numbers and, for yeah, investors. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, you know, but then it was, um, it was, it was a grind for that first year. You know, I was, I was still consulting. I was, uh, I was selling the product. I was doing support, writing code. Andrew was writing code, helping support it while still working a full-time job. And, you know, we kind of, um, partnered with a local foundation to provide some tools for a free, uh, for free to a, a large giving day that they did here. And that was great. That got us some awareness going, and we kind of ground through it for about the first year or so, year and a half, uh, kept getting great feedback from the customers that we were adding. But when you're, you know, one guy trying to sell and support and code and do your other jobs to keep your, your family fed, you know, it was just, uh, it was kind of one of those things where we weren't adding customers extremely quickly. Um, but in 2019, uh, we got approached to um, write a software product for another company. Uh, and so that allowed us to hire Andrew over full time and a, and a team of a few other people. And so we were able to spend, we, you know, we were able to obviously build that product for them, but then we had a little bit of extra time where we could focus on donor doc as well. And we were working together full time, you know, every day. And so, um, we really started to kind of ramp things up then. And then in, in 2020, uh, in the midst of COVID, we decided we really need, you to didn't either... need that on top of, now, you, know, you know, yeah, COVID, you didn't need that. COVID for us wasn't quite as bad as it was, uh, you know, for some other organizations, just being a lower cost solution. Uh, it was something that I think drove people who are looking to save money, you know, to, to looking at other things, but, um, but it's still, it was challenging in other ways. You know, the, the services contracts were starting to slow down because of COVID and some other things. And so we said in September, Andrew and I were talking and I said, we either need to, you know, go all in and, and hire uh, somebody or to help us sell this thing, or we just probably need to be done with it because, you know, we oh, were no, that about, would have been a tragedy. It would have been, but you know, we were sitting a couple of years in at about 80 customers and, and just the time to try and sell and, and move it forward was really challenging to find. And so um, luckily, uh, you know, things worked out. We hired uh, two gentlemen actually in September of 2020 uh, with the intent that they were both going to work on sales. One came from a background of working uh, within the nonprofit sector and the other came from uh, Blackbaud, who he had been there for seven years um, and uh, was part of one of their layoff rounds, you know, during COVID. We were lucky enough to find Pat and, and Jordan and we brought them in and we made some changes to our pricing and things. And we hit January of 21. Um, and we said, you know, we need to see some growth over the next three or four quarters, because if we really want to go after this, we're going to have to have more capital than we do now. And so um, we were able to do that as a team. We rallied, we had four straight quarters of quarter over quarter growth, and we closed on our first outside investment in December of 21, which has really allowed us to expand the team. You know, we're up to about 16 people now that's been growing. Uh, our customer base, we're in 47 states now. And one of the things that really sticks out to me is that through 
through all of that, we're now about five years in, and through all of that, we still maintain an under 2% annual churn rate of our customers, which I think really speaks to how well the solution fits and that we take such good care of customers. So those were just two really important things to us that we had good product market fit and that we we did everything we could to make sure customers had a good experience and have a good experience with us. And it's actually one of the things I love about working with the one cost team so far in, in our relationship is I think there's so much similarity in that commitment to customers and their success. Um, and our team just buys into that. And it's really proven to be an important piece of our growth because when you're, you know, when customers are happy, they're telling other customers or, you know, they're telling other nonprofits about it. And also we're not losing customers all the time that you're having to try and constantly backfill. So um, it's been a, it's been an interesting ride, but ultimately what it really comes down to for us is trying to have a solution that works well for those smaller organizations that I do think get somewhat overlooked when it comes to technology. Um, and I think we've been able to do that fairly effectively. Sure. So, yeah. And, and I, I heard what you said that, you know, it's not, it's, it doesn't mean that you feel that a smaller nonprofit doesn't have the, um, technology acumen or the, um, you know, the know-how or it it has nothing to do with that. It's a matter of speaking the same language as the smaller nonprofit. It's just, you know, they're talking French, don't talk to them in German kind of thing. I mean, many of our audience knows that um, I do help my daughter run a small grassroots nonprofit. And everything that you said is, is true. I don't, I don't want, nor can we handle, um, you know, a, a, a six inch book manual yep. on yep. how to, you know, track how to enter a donation or how to track it or what I do. I mean, it's just, it, it really is just putting around peg into a round hole yep. in, in, in for a niche market. But let's be clear, you're not only for grassroots, super small. I mean, you really have a pretty nice repertoire of the types of customers, the shapes and sizes. Admittedly, you may not be the right fit for an enterprise uh, organization, but but it is a broader spectrum than just the grassroots. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I would say so. You know, when we kind of identify our our you know, ICP, our, our client profile that really, where it really fits, you know, where we see it work really, really well are organizations that are, you know, 5 million and under in annual revenue. Um, We do have, uh, and, and, you know, I qualify that by saying we do have customers that are much larger than that. Um, But when we think about who did we build it for, you know, when you think about the idea of, you know, we talk a lot about like innovation through simplicity at DonorDoc, where, you know, so much of how we can innovate is actually by making things easier for people versus, uh, you know, new features or crazy new things. And when you look at that, that idea doesn't just resonate with these small organizations. Everybody wants things sure. that are simpler and that are easier to use. So we we certainly do have customers that, you know, fall outside of that, that uh, ideal client profile or that's marketing speak, I know. But um, <laughs> we, but at the end of the day, that's really that when we think about who are we designing it for, who are we building it for, that's, that's who we're building it for. And I think like you, 
um, working with your daughter. So I've had the privilege of watching. So Bridget, who is our training manager, also uh, started and runs a small nonprofit that does adaptive music for people with special needs. Oh, um, you're kidding. My yeah. daughter's nonprofit is for individuals with special needs. Oh, I didn't even know that. We're finding yeah. this out on Raise Nation Radio. Yeah. yeah. So she, Bridget, you know, was a music teacher by trade and spent a lot of years in the public school district, did a lot with adaptive music and realized she had a passion for that. And a lot of those budgets were getting cut out of the school district. So she started her own nonprofit back similar time to when I started DonorDoc. And so she's been using DonorDoc. I've been watching a one person, you know, nonprofit using DonorDoc for the last five years and can see how decisions we make and things that we do positively or negatively impact the user from a very personal perspective. And, you know, so having so you have her, empathy for I sure. Do. And yeah. actually empathy, interestingly, is one of our five core values as an organization, because we think we look at it that like it's super easy to make decisions uh, in a vacuum and without really thinking about how those decisions, you know, may impact our customers or our, our team members and so on. And so empathy is such an important piece for us as every decision that we're making, we're thinking about how does this potential decision impact either positively or negatively our customers, our team, the users that we have. And, you know, having Bridget so close, obviously, has been great. I've been able to see it, but I, having a relationship, I've got a re deep relationship with so many of our customers because I was the one who sold them the product yeah. at the beginning and maintained that. It's been, you know, it's really interesting to be able to see it up close and kind of really understand the impacts of what we're trying to do. And we don't always hit the mark on things, you know, I mean, like anybody. And Bridget we, will tell you if you're yeah, wrong, that's, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah we've got that firsthand view uh, of what that looks like. And then for us having Having her then as our, you know, training manager, she also helps our, our sales team as a solution engineer, you know, during the sales process, like having someone that uses it as an actual user on a daily basis, also being there to be able to bring our customers into the fold and be able to help them like, understand how they can get value out of it quickly. Like there's no better perspective than someone who's using it herself daily to be able to, to help customers. And she understands the challenges that they're facing too. And, and they're very real. And so being able to kind of navigate through that has been a super uh, valuable thing for us and for our customers. Um, and so it's been really close to me personally in lots of different ways, you yeah. know, being a part of what we're doing, but then seeing it in use has been really, really fantastic. Well, I have to digress a minute and and through you ask Bridget to um, be a guest on Raise Nation Radio also, because we'd love to cast some shine on her mission and everything that she's doing. I think I think it's wonderful. Um, I'm raising a son with special needs and okay. we have um, entered him into a number of music programs because he could sing like it's nobody's business, just yep. on note, perfect, any song, high, low, doesn't matter. And we've had him in some adaptive music programs. So um, please thank her um, from me and my family. And we applaud what she's doing and just that connection of empathy and understanding. Um, now I understand why Donor Doc is just skyrocketing to one of the um, most uh innovative and um, you you have something like 4.7 star review on G2 crowd or something like that. It's just so, so well received. So thanks to you and Andrew for 
you know, sticking with it and not shutting those doors, putting a date on it, June 1st, June 18th, and making it happen because you really are solving lots of problems for, you know, nonprofits in, in a yeah. certain, in a certain scope. So let's talk about some of these fun features. You, you know, I, I love the whole um, inspiration from the Kanban view that mm-hmm. I think that's helped get, get what got donor docs name, which you're going to have to talk about if you, if you don't mind, but I want to talk about daily five and mm-hmm. action board and just all of those great features, because, you know, we're, we're, we're talking in broad strokes about innovation, but I know our audience is like, well, what what does that mean specifically, right? So do you want to jump into some of your very robust features that yeah. uh, DonorDoc offers? Yeah, sure can. So as you said, so the name, we do get asked about the name a lot, DonorDoc. And when we first prototyped out the product, we had this vision for a simple to use CRM that used the Kanban style of, of Love taking Kanban. cards and yep. And yeah. moving cards from lane, you know, into different lanes. And the term for that is docking the card in the lane. And so that's where oh, donor doc came from was that you have okay. your donor cards and you're going to be docking them in the different lanes. Docking the donor cards. Yeah, exactly. Got it. So, okay. So that's really where it came from. But when we first launched the product, we actually chose not to put that in. And, and there were reasons for that. It was for, you know, both technical reasons and just things we were still refining and thinking through. Um, and so, you know, we, we went a long time without having that, which we recently added. Um, I'll tell you about the action board, because I think that is probably one of Oof, the most uh, love it. You know, innovative yeah. things that we're doing. And, and I don't think there's anything else really quite like it that's in the space right now. And really what that comes down to is people want to be able to, they want to be told, what should I be doing next? And, and a lot of times you just need to cut away a lot of the noise and you need to be able to sit down and say, I need to make progress on my fundraising today amidst all the other hats that I'm wearing. And that's really what we came up with the idea for the action board was let's let's build something right into the tool that's almost like a fundraising coordinator or coach that's built right into the software product. So what the action board is, it's const- the system's constantly scanning data. So we've got all sorts of data that's coming in, whether it's you're manually keying information in about donors and gifts and so forth. We've got integrations where data flows in. We've got all sorts of data that's there. The action board is designed to constantly be scanning the data that's in your system, and it provi- it, it surfaces what we call nudges to the fundraiser based on fundraising best practices and the data that it's seeing. So the nudges, examples of nudges might be uh, a donor gave their first gift. So you know if you if you think about something that simple, a donor gives their first gift. Let's say it's a volunteer that enters that check into the system. And if they don't realize it's that donor's first gift, then nobody knows. And, no, you know, that just gets treated like any missed other opportunity, gift, right? Yeah. Missed opportunity for engagement. Um, if they do realize it, then they're putting a post-it note on someone's desk saying, can you call this person and thank them for that first donation? Well, we said amongst all the other post-it notes, all yeah. the other post-it notes. <laughs> right. And, and so I think a lot of systems would handle that by saying, well, just run reports. You got to run a report and it's going to tell you, here's your first time donors this last month and you got to go do what you're going to do. And we felt like that was a really kind of antiquated way of thinking about the problem. And so we said, why don't we take it and we're going to, we're going to real time nudge, the fundraiser that's responsible for that relationship and basically build them a card that's like a post-it note built in the software that says, hey, 
this person gave their first donation. Here's some things you might want to consider doing based on that. But ultimately, so much of it's based on the relationship, meaning there's a lot of systems that can over automate things. There's a fine line between automation and over automation. So if you have a system where you can say every time a first gift comes in, I want it to go do X, Y, and Z. That's great. That can be valuable. But what you miss is the personal aspect of that to where if I know that this person that gave their first gift prefers a phone call because I have a relationship with them versus getting an email or something else. And then if I, if I know that and I get the nudge, I can choose how I want to engage with that person based on what I know. And so rather than say, we're always going to do this, we say, we're going to tell you this happened and we're going to let you decide how you want to do it. And you simply drag that card from the nudge over to the take action lane of the Kanban board. And it asks you, what do you want to do? Do I want to make a phone call? Do I want to send an email? Do I want to, you know, what, whatever options that I have there, we have lots of different activities that you of course can do. And then that's tracking that that's all happening on the back end. So now every one of those touch points is getting tracked to that donor's record. So when I go look at that donor's record in the system, I can see the 360 degree view of what's going on. What have they given? End to end. End yeah. to end. I see yeah. my timeline of when we've engaged with them. I can see a graph that shows me the relationship between those engagement points and how much and when they've given, like all sorts of different you know, data points that are helping inform the relationship that you have and help you build that out better. And so there's all sorts of things that nudge on the action board. There's first gifts. Second gift is an important one that I think gets overlooked a lot. We look at that as this person has now been retained as a donor, and that's actually a really big deal. So you want to probably reach out on that second gift and thank them in some way. Major gift, uh, a gift that's unusually large for somebody. So, you know, we call that a spike up. So if somebody's normally gives $50 a month and all of a sudden they give 500, something's changed in their circumstances. It's a great opportunity to reach out and understand from them, like what's changed, you know, did something we do trigger that additional gift? Like what did that look like? Um, and then we have things like that are more proactive. So that's, you know, um, we have an algorithm that looks for people who, what we say, moving out of the money, so to speak. So it's like they, they have given before, but they're moving towards that lap stage and you no, maybe yeah. haven't had any kind of engagement with them for a while. We're going to nudge you to try and make sure that you're engaging to keep them and retain them as a donor. Um, and then things like the daily five. So one of the biggest challenges, Love the daily five. daily five. Yeah. It's, it's a simple idea, but when you look at, let's say I'm a fundraiser and I have a, I have a, a, a caseload of 200 donors that I manage the relationship for. And it's very overwhelming to say, how can I, how can I have 200 donors? Like I can't, I can't personally reach out to 200 donors on a regular basis. And we look at the daily five as a way to break that down into repeatable and consistent, uh, you know, activity that leads to big results. So every morning when you get in, uh, if you have the daily five turned on, you have five donors from your caseload that are there. Uh, if you've reached out or already engaged with them recently, they're not going to show up. Um, if you get them done that day, that's great. You'll get five more tomorrow. Let's say you only get two done. We don't want to overwhelm people where that the next day they have eight. So we, we backfill the two they got done. They still have five the next day. So we have gotten a lot of feedback from executive directors and development directors that that daily five has changed their, the way they look at things to where I can get five. 
I can reach out and touch base with five donors every day. And all of a sudden it's not long oh. and they've gotten through their list, you know? Yeah. Five times five, yeah, you know, exactly. You, you're at 25 by the end of the week. Yeah. Um, just yeah. little, little, I mean, you're really revolutionizing the way CRM performs for the nonprofit. You really are. I mean, it's different. It's, it's beyond just a management tool. It's yeah. not just housing data and putting it into a, you know, history and, or, and it's really working for that nonprofit. It's doing a job. It's, it's, to supporting in every way. You've thought of everything. We need a new name. It can't be CRM anymore. I, I, I'm <laughs> declaring we got to come up with something better for this. Um, well, we we look at it that those are all the little things that we hope make help a simplify things for our customers to where, yeah, making a difference and, and helping them do more with less in, in some ways. Like we, uh, you know, when you think about that action board, how refreshing would it be to sit down in the morning and just have like, know that if I can get through these eight things or 10 things that are on my action board, I've made meaningful progress in my fundraising today. And I can go yeah. on with the rest of my day, knowing that I've moved my fundraising forward for the organization. And that's really powerful. And I think, uh, has, has really resonated with our customer base. It's also personalized, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, the way you've built it is such that as the nonprofit is reaching out to their supporters and donors, it's it's not a cookie cutter reach out. Right. It's it's very intentional, relevant, timely and personalized. Yep. What more do you want in fundraising exactly. when, when you're yep. engaging with your donors? 100%. And so the way you've done it is brilliant. But let's move to the whole. Easy seamless, you know, there's a lot of technology. I feel like in the last 10 years, I was just speaking with um, Debbie McCann from W Foresight. Um, actually, we have a podcast episode with her um, on Raise Nation Radio. And she's, you know, just talking about the overwhelming amounts of technology that are available to nonprofits. And it seems like in the last 10 years, it's really just skyrocketed. Yeah. And, it, and it could be overwhelming, especially for the smaller, you know, nonprofit, um, and maybe sometimes causing more problems than solutions, because now what do you need? Everything seems like a shiny new toy, mm -hmm. right? I need it all, right? Uh, oh, yeah, I want to grow my fundraising. You're telling me that it can grow. My, okay, I need that. I need this, right? And so now you have this plethora of technology, an IT nightmare, maybe duplicating efforts, um, you know, just not really being as efficient. So the answer to that is um, less disparate systems mm -hmm. and integrations, which is where Donor Doc and One Cause come in. Mm -hmm. We are such a proud partner with Donor Doc. Um, we do have a direct integration, a native direct integration. Um, Donor Doc was able to build to our open op API. Is that right? And That's now we're right. getting technical and we're getting yep. Cody here, and I we're way above my pay grade. But uh, so stop me if I get it wrong. But all of that data syncs three times daily. So um, as nonprofits use the One Cause fundraising platform to manage all of their events and giving and auctions and all that good stuff that, that we do here over on the on One Cause side, 
that data sinks three times daily into DonorDoc, giving that end-to-end view. Do I have that right? That's you pretty cool. It. Yeah, you yeah. have it exactly right. Yeah, we're, we are extremely excited as well about the integration, you know, uh, event fundraising, especially and peer-to-peer things that you guys do so well are such important topics when we talk to customers, you know, and, and so, yes, that integration is built that such that, it's a it's a couple of clicks, so you can go into DonorDoc. You turn on the integration. You paste a couple uh, data points out of one cause, and it's on and it runs. Like I you saw said, that. Yeah, it was it's, so, it's, I was like, wait, easy. what? I sneezed. Did I miss how that yeah. gets connected? It's yeah. super cool. It is, and then then it runs. You know, like you said, three times a day, and it's looking for any new data that's over on the one cause side um, from the last time it ran, and it's going to sync that data over into DonorDoc, and from there you can now use the donor doc tools to work with data that's coming in from one cause. So, uh, you know, we have email marketing, for example, built into the product. So now your data is flowing over from one cause it's after the event, it's time to, you maybe want to send some kind of recap email, or maybe you're getting close to an event next year and you did it last year. You want to let the people know that it's coming up again. And so you have all that data on the donor doc side that's coming from one cause and you're able to use that in your outreach, the data flows and drives the action board, just like somebody sat down and manually keyed in something. So you're, you're getting all of the kind of, you're getting the best of what is out there for event fundraising, peer to peer fundraising, front end fundraising, all the things that one cause does so well, you know, best of breed, just really, really good tools. And then you're getting the donor doc CRM on that backside. And I always think about, the the idea of CRM being kind of the the hub of of a of a technology you know blueprint for an organization meaning you you may have multiple uh, other systems that are that are you know dealing with different things that they do really well and the more of that data you can get into your CRM to build that 360 degree view picture of the donors the more you're able to use the data to build those better relationships, which is such a key important part of, of really effective fundraising. In full my circle. Opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, full yeah circle. No, the, the integration is great. Um, it's it works easy. like a charm. It's yeah. just so easy. It is. And, 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 you know, I think you're then supported by two companies that really, really care for their customers and for that experience. And so um, we work closely with one cause to make sure that the integration works and that, uh, you know, we're dealing with things as we need to. And, and our goal and goals and plans are just to continue to enhance and improve uh, even what we have as we go. So super excited and humbled to be a part of that kind of one cause ecosystem. And we, we really, really love the integration that's been able to be built there. So. Yeah, it it just gives two powerful solutions and with one connectivity and really makes life so easy. But, you know, that's all that coding jargon that I said is above my pay grade. What I also think is special about this integration, or I should say marriage, is... um, just the alignment of our company's mindset, the passion to really build better tomorrows, to help nonprofits succeed in what they're doing and and to give them all the tools for them to be successful. There's such a commitment and passion um, and 24-7 desire to, to, to deliver. And I think that's what's even more special about this integration or partnership or connectivity um, it goes beyond the integration. The companies are just really aligned in that customer service and empathy, if you will. 
So any comment on that? Yeah, I think every every experience we've had from the very first conversation we had with the One Cause team about partnering and building this integration has just really shown us that, um, you know, there's so much alignment, like you said, from a values perspective, uh, guiding principles of, of why we're doing what we're doing. Um, you know, I think from everybody I've talked to there, uh, all the way up to Steve and, and everyone on all the different teams, um, I've walked away from those conversations thinking that and feeling that they're, they see things the same way that we do. They care about the same things that we do. Um, and honestly, when you're when you're a business and you care so much about your customers, uh, you you have to really look at who you're partnering with to ensure that that there is that alignment. So that we both of us are confident that when we uh, say hey, we have an integration to one cause and they're going to take really, really good care of you or vice versa. Hey, we have an integration with DonorDoc and they'll take really good care of you. That you can be confident in making that statement because we do care so much about each and every one of our customers and I know you guys do as well. And so, yeah, that's really comforting to be honest as a as a business leader and, and somebody who's built something that's focused on trying to provide value and, and trying to help these nonprofits. The the alignment and um, the confidence that 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 builds in our team is is almost priceless for us when it comes to you know the partnership and the integration. We feel the same way. Ditto. Right back to you and and compliments and kudos to your team as well. We feel the same way. Just as inspired when we walk away from any conversation. So um, it's a marriage made in heaven. Um, but I think I have we have time for just two more questions. If if you could hang hang out there with us for just a little bit longer, I guess um, I would ask you two things as we kind of wrap up. One. What does it look like in five years or what do you hope donor doc is going to look like in five years? And then the second is what do you want nonprofit organizations out there listening to this um, episode to know? I know yes. I told you I was going to hit you with tough questions, but yep. there you go. Yep. That's good. Five, so five years, I think, as we look into the future, our goals are to continue to grow around the country, helping, you know, these nonprofits. We would love to uh, start looking at some international stuff as we as we continue to grow. We've kind of stayed away from that to this point, um, just based on, you know, so, there's there's such a large market in the U.S. of charities that really, I think, need help and and need the tools that we have. But we'd like to to be able to grow outside of the U.S. as we continue to grow. But ultimately, it's that we continue as we grow to not lose sight of the importance of taking care of customers and that that customer-centric viewpoint that we have uh, follows us as we grow. You know, I think it's really easy to grow as an organization and as a company. And, and some of those things kind of fall by the wayside and, and, and it becomes more and more difficult. And actually, I think we can look at one cause as a really good uh, example of how you can grow and you can still maintain that customer centric uh, viewpoint that we have today. And so, um, you know, yeah, want to see us continuing to be able to do that. Love to, I I'd love to continue to, um, be able to build out the, uh, 
you know, the network of nonprofits that we are able to help. And then we have a lot of really cool things we'd like to do in the roadmap of the product as well. And uh, always with the eye towards uh, innovation through simplicity and how can we accomplish that? How do we take things that are inherently complicated and hard for people and obfuscate that complexity away from the end user and instead make it something that even though it's really hard on the back end, it's easy for them to do. And so that's kind of something that we are going to continue to try and strive for over the next five years. And as far as, you know, any things that I would say to, you know, nonprofits around the country is, I mean, what you do is difficult. um, And, but it is absolutely so worth it. And you are doing such good work around the country. I mean, I, I'm so inspired by the customers that we have and that we talk to, the prospects that we meet with, the work that they're doing. And so I would just leave people with what you are doing is extremely important. And I just want to say thank you for all the hard work and the effort that uh, nonprofits put into making as you said, you know, building better tomorrows, I think, I know that's your, uh, you know, kind of your tagline at one cause, but, but it really is what these organizations are out there doing too. And so um, I would just say, keep it up, keep working hard and let us know how we can support you and trying to do more of that. So. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, we're going to get a little more inspiration from you when we when we wrap this up. Okay. But um, to you and your and Andrew and your donor doc family and Bridget and all of her work on both the mission side and and the donor doc side and your family and the sweat equity that you put into donor doc. Thank you. It's really a wonderful platform. You're definitely going places. And we're, we're so glad here at one cause that we're traveling along with you. So um, thanks for just enlightening us. I, I can talk forever about all of your uh, fun features, but you'll just have to come back and join us again or um, to all of you listening out there. Um, we're super excited that donor doc will be joining us at the race conference in Nashville. Yes. You'll have to check out their booth there. Um, and then you can learn more about the features and the fun things. Hopefully you can demo. I really need to get a demo. Do you know anybody, Matt, that I can call and get a demo? Could you make that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's super cool. And as a small nonprofit myself, I really do appreciate everything you're doing. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, fearless fundraisers, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode released every Thursday at 1230 p.m. That's Thursdays, 1230 p.m. Eastern Time. But in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio, and you can follow the channel that you like best. We stream on 10 different podcast channels, and we're on demand at onecause.com. And this way you can get notifications about all of our new guests. And if you're a nonprofit and you'd like to be featured on Raise Nation Radio, just reach out to me. We'd love to have you. You're all doing amazing things uh, to build better tomorrows for our communities. Your stories are awe-inspiring, and we want you on Raise Nation Radio. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Check it out at onecause.com and be sure to visit the resource tab. It's a free resource tab on the homepage, broad catalogs of webinars and eBooks and vlogs and blogs and all that good content that you'll find helpful. A huge shout out and thanks again to my guest. We're going to do it again, Matt Bitsagai. I am going to 
pat myself on the back every time I say that, right? Um, I so appreciate you being here today and sharing your very authentic voice and humbling story and all of the sweat equity that you put into uh, Donor Doc. Thank you so much for being with us today. I super enjoyed our conversation. I can listen to your story all day, but I do have to ask you any last words of inspiration for our audience? I would say uh, don't despair. Uh, there are lots of good technology solutions out there that are that can make your life easier. So uh, there's tools out there and go out and find those tools. Look at one cause, look at DonorDoc. We'd love to help you because again, you're doing such great work and it's really important things that are happening around the country. So thank you. Ah, oh, thank you so much. Uh, well, Raise Nation Radio, that is a wrap. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. Oh, 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 oh,